Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Now we are reading in 1 Thessalonians. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Last time we read chapter 4. Now at the end of chapter 4, Paul is talking about where when the Lord returns, the dead in Christ will rise first and then we will rise with them to meet the Lord in the air. Unfortunately, Paul was not totally done, and chapter 5 continues that train of thought. This is just one of those cases where the chapter break, to my mind, is you know kind of bad. But nonetheless, Paul is going to continue that thought of where, you know, the Lord has, the Lord, the day of the Lord, the Lord has returned, and um, the dead have risen, and we, and we uh, rise with them in the air to meet the Lord. Now, Paul is going to continue on to talk about that. This is uh, verse 1. Now, as to the times and dates, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know perfectly well that the day of the return of the Lord is coming just as a thief comes unexpectedly and suddenly in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, all is well and secure, then in a moment unforeseen, destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains on a woman with child, and they will absolutely not escape, for there will be no way to escape the judgment of the Lord. But you, believers, all you who believe in Christ as Savior and acknowledge Him as God's Son, are not in spiritual darkness, nor held by its power, that the day of judgment would overtake you by surprise like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We do not belong to the night nor the darkness, so then let us not sleep in spiritual indifference as the rest of the world does, but let us keep wide awake, alert and cautious, and let us be sober, self-controlled, calm and wise. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we believers belong to the day, let us be sober, sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope and confident assurance of salvation. For God has not destined us to incur his wrath, that is, he did not select us to condemn us, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died willingly for us, so that whether we are awake, alive, or asleep, you know, dead in the world, at Christ's appearing, we will live together with him, sharing eternal life. Therefore, encourage and comfort one another and build up one another, just as you are doing. Now, all of this applies to us now just as much as it did them then, if you just think of him as speaking to us. Um, we know that no one knows the return when the day of the Lord is, when the day is going to return. Oh my goodness, I'm not saying this right. When the Lord will return, none of us know that day. And Jesus said even he didn't know, only God knows. So, but, Paul does say, for the rest of the world it's going to be a surprise. It's, I mean, for us, 
I mean, yeah, we don't know the day, so in a way it's going to be a surprise. But for us, that's like a good surprise. <laughs> We're going to be like, oh, you know, hey, that's the Lord. It's time. And that's a good thing. Um, unfortunately, I mean, you know, that's not the way it's going to be for everyone. I wish it would be that way for everyone. Anyway, he says, while they are saying peace and safety, you know, all. Oh, Everything's good, the world's at peace, and everybody's safe. That's when it will happen, when we least expect it. You know, it's kind of like that old saying, if you remember, if you remember, oh, I forget, was it Welcome Back, Cotter, or one of these crazy shows? It was like, when you least expect it, expect it, you know? <laughs> it was a really dumb saying, but it was funny. Um, so it's kind of like that, you know, everybody's not going to be expecting anything, and that's when it's going to happen. But um, then he encourages us as believers, and he says, you know, you're not in spiritual darkness. You are not living in darkness. You're part of the light. You're part of the day. So, you know, let us not be spiritually indifferent. Don't let us fall asleep or be lulled into a sense of uh, false security. Let's stay alert and make sure that we are being sober and controlling ourselves and making sure that we are uh, continuing to follow Jesus and the Lord, make sure that we are not getting distracted, we don't get, we don't, you know, get spiritually asleep, and that we don't get into bad practices like getting drunk and like being drunk. Um, I, I don't know how you would be spiritually drunk. I'm trying to think of a way. Maybe you just get too wrapped up in things in the world, maybe something like that. But... <clears throat> but we should be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, you know. And we should have our hope and confident assurance of salvation. And we should remember, when, when, when it says we are predestined or destined, that just means God has selected us. God has selected us to be on his team. If you remember the verses where that has been said before, where Paul has said that before, and he mentions being destined here. Well, you've been predestined or selected. God has selected everyone, but not to condemn them. He selected them because he wants them in heaven. Now, it's still their choice. They can choose the other route. I don't know why you would, but you can. You can still choose the other route. But... God has not selected you to condemn you. There's no one is destined to be condemned. They've only condemned themselves if they don't choose God, if they don't choose correctly. So, so anyway, I, I like the way that says that, is that we, we're not destined to wrath. That is, he didn't select us to condemn us, but to obtain salvation because God wants all men saved. Anyway, so that's um he's explaining that we will live together with him sharing eternal life. Therefore encourage and comfort one another here, build up one another here just as we're doing to keep ourselves focused on getting following the Lord and getting to heaven. To getting to continue on in our eternal life beyond just this life. 
So now we're going to start in verse 12, and Paul's going to um, change gears a little bit. So, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to appreciate those who diligently work among you, recognize, acknowledge, and respect your leaders, who are in charge over you in the Lord, and who give you instruction. And we ask that you appreciate them and hold them in the highest esteem and love because of their work on your behalf. Okay, so respect respect the elders and the leaders who are in charge over you. Now, he doesn't say, let me look here. Okay, who are in charge over you in the Lord and who give you instruction. So, you know, this would be like your your elders or um, your preacher, you know, respect them and acknowledge them. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, that you can't talk to them about things or question them about things or discuss, you know, different things, but appreciate them. Hold them in high esteem and love because of what they do on your behalf. They're trying to teach you the right ways. And even if they have something wrong and you have something right and you can speak and 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 you help them learn something new well that's just something good that you've done that's not anything wrong that doesn't make them wrong um so esteem them we should esteem our church leaders our church elders and our preacher we should esteem them you know highly we should value them so i i wonder sometimes if we you know if we do that enough I just, you know, I don't I don't know that I do a good enough job either, so I'm not putting down anyone else. Normally when I'm talking about something, I'm really thinking of myself first because I see my own flaws. So, anyway. So we earnestly urge you believers, admonish those who are out of line. Wait just a minute, back up, I missed one line. So he says to esteem them in love because of their work on your behalf. Then he says, live in peace with one another. So of course we should live in peace with one We've got to have peace in our own congregations. In our own spiritual family, we need to be at peace with one another. Even if we have minor disagreements in things, it's okay. I mean, now we do have to believe there are certain core beliefs we all have to have. Now we do have to believe Jesus is the Son of God. We have to believe and be, repent and be baptized. I mean, there are certain things, core beliefs, that we all have to have. But there are variations. And Paul mentions some of these in his letters. Some people will esteem certain days more important than others. Some people will celebrate certain festivals and certain people will not. Certain, Just like certain people will eat certain things and certain people will not. You know, there's certain things that, you know, we will do uh, that make us unique. It doesn't mean that we have to be in contention with one another, though. You may choose not to celebrate, um, let's say, Halloween. You may say that Halloween is seems devilish or satanic and you do not want to celebrate that. That's perfectly fine. However... If I go to a little costume party uh, with some other friends and Christians and, and we, we do some little silly party and we play some little silly games and stuff, and we, in that sense we kind of celebrate it, that's okay too. 
You may not agree, but that's okay. We can still disagree on that and not be in you know, heated contention and, and, and lose our salvation over a disagreement over something that's trivial and doesn't matter. When this life is gone and we're, we're moved on, that, that will not matter. That will never have mattered. Anyway, so then, um, so we should live in peace with one another. And then he says, we earnestly urge you, believers, admonish those who are out of line, the undisciplined, the unruly, the disorderly. Encourage the timid who lack spiritual courage. Help the spiritually weak. Be very patient with everyone. Always controlling your temper. Wow, that's a big deal. Tempers are so hard. And I admit it, it is. But we urge you to admonish those who are out of line. You know, those who are undisciplined, unruly, disorderly. Encourage the timid. Those who lack spiritual courage. Um, and help the spiritually weak. Those would be maybe the new, the new Christians. Um, maybe not always. Sometimes it could be some older Christians, but largely new Christians. And be very patient with everyone, controlling your temper. See, I, a lot of this is the same things we read in other places, but it's important that we see this and be reminded of this. See that no one repays another with evil for either. Evil, sorry. See that no one repays another with evil for evil. But always seek that which is good for one another and for all people. Now again, he stresses, always seek that which is good for one another and for all people. It's important that we realize everyone is a potential brother and sister in Christ. Everyone is a potential spiritual family member. So, just remember that. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So see, we should always rejoice, delight in our faith. We should be, this is a it's a very short but I, verse that I always love, and it's verse 17. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. This is not the first time he said this. And we should always be praying every day, all the time. We should always be, even if you're just mentally thinking, praying to God and, and thinking things and, and, and asking for guidance or just even just kind of doing a mental chat with God, if you can think of it that way, um, it's important that we have that communication. We only have it through Jesus, and thank, thank God that, that, that we have that through him. But uh, anyway, just you know, something that's important, very important. And we should always be thankful in every situation, and we should always be giving thanks to God for everything. So verse 19, do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. This is where I say earlier, sometimes I'm stubborn. I just want to do what I want to do. And we should not be that way. We should, we should pay attention when, when, when the Holy Spirit is guiding us, when, when in our mind we're getting that, hey, you know, you know better than to do that. Don't do that. You know you shouldn't be doing that. You know, when we're getting these these indications and we we stubbornly go against that and do it anyway, 
you know, we shouldn't do that. Um, that's not good. Um, and it's not good for us. The reason we, we shouldn't be doing the things that we know we shouldn't be doing is that they're bad for us. Uh, verse 20, do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies, spoken revelations, words of instruction or exhortation or warning. So do not scorn or reject the gifts. Now, that's really not so much an issue of today, but nonetheless, we should not scorn or reject any words of instruction or exhortation or warning from our our ministers or our elders or people who are trying to you know present the word of god to us but test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good now how do we test all things against the word of god so that's how we have to test everything everything has to be in agreement if someone is telling us something that is against the word of God, such as, oh, I had a visit from an angel who said this, or I have this book from an angel that says that, or any number of odd things like that. Mm, those things are almost automatically to be ignored because we were warned to ignore such things. But if someone is talking to you out of the word of God and they have the scripture, you know, then... You can easily test that and check that out and make sure that's correct. All right, so hold firmly to that which is good. We should hold firmly to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil, withdraw and keep away from it. So take our good things, the word of God and all the things that are good, all the blessings that God has given us, everything. Um, we saw a wonderful sunset last night. It was just beautiful. God's canvas in the sky kind of thing. You know, it's just a beautiful sunset. It was wonderful. Hold on to those good things and just remember where that comes from. It's just so awesome. Um, that's just a simple example, you know. Abstain from every form of evil, though. Withdraw and keep away from it. So we should stay away from anything that's evil, that's wrong. Um, we should not be standing around with you know when evil things are going on acting like it's okay okay we should abstain from that stay away from it just not even be near it now may the god of peace himself sanctify you through and through that is separate you from profane and vulgar things make you pure and whole and undamaged consecrated to him set apart for his purpose and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as his own. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all believers with a holy kiss as brothers and sisters in God's family. I solemnly charge you by the Lord to have this letter read before all the congregation. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now that is how Paul ends the first Thessalonians letter. That is the end of chapter 5. Now there is a note here about, you know, their, their custom of having, uh, you know how they used to do, they would like kiss on the cheek and stuff, you know, that was a, that was a thing. That, that they used to do is kind of like we would think of as a, 
kind of a casual hug or a shaking of hands. Uh, I know we don't do that in, in this society very much. We really do more of the handshake and stuff. But that was a thing then, and that's what they did. Um, uh, Paul would have grown up in that culture too, so it would not have been a huge thing for them to greet each other with a kiss on the cheek. You know, it was just a way of... Um, I guess it was a way of just expressing uh, affection for each other. So, so that is the end of chapter 5. Paul, at the end here, he really just prays that uh, God would keep them, keep them safe from all these things and help them to become complete and be found blameless and faithful. And that he would watch over them. And he does ask for them to pray for us, pray for him and his team, his people. So, and then he asks them, or charges them, he says, I solemnly charge you to have this letter read before the whole congregation. He wanted everyone to, uh, to hear this letter, so they would all know that he was thinking of them. So that's cool. It's a very good thing. So that is the end of 1 Thessalonians. Now I will do a summary for this. Be patient and give me a little bit of time. This is not, I don't think this is going to be a big hard summary to do, but uh, I'm not going to be able to do it right now, so it may be in the next uh, day or two that I will get that done. Um, so I will do a little summary for it. I could summarize the two Thessalonians together, but I think... Uh, I think I prefer not to, in case um, I'm not thinking of anything right now, but in case there's some specific things that are very unique to Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians. I don't want to confuse the two. So, All right. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you. And remember, God loves you.